are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. So I was in a store the other day, and I waited in a pretty long line, and the cashier looked like her day was going pretty tough. She was really busy, and so finally it comes my turn, and I go up and I lay the stuff that I'm going to purchase on the counter And so I just kind of look at her and I say, so how are you doing today? And the lady just stops. She looks up at me, makes eye contact, and she says, I live a blessed life. (laughs) And I said to her, I'm blessed as well. So are you blessed? Do you feel like you are a blessed person? Not a lot of response there. Do you feel like you're a blessed person? You really do? So I want to give you a definition of blessed, okay? When, when we think about blessed, it is varied meaning. So we could talk about um, something that has been made holy, that has been blessed. Or we might talk about someone that is worthy of our worship, like we want to come together and bless the name of the Lord. But it also has this connotation of favor, okay? And that's where we're going to be in this series. So let me just give you this. So to be blessed would be to receive God's faithfulness, so to be a recipient of God's faithfulness, to be a recipient of His goodness, of His generosity, of His provisions in your life. So I might, I might look at you and say, hey man, you're blessed, you know. God has been faithful to you. God is good to you. God has been generous with you. God has provided for you. However, blessed is not the same as gratitude. So, so gratitude looks more like this. It's to recognize God's faithfulness and God's goodness and God's generosity and God's provision. So it's when you actually come to a place in your life that you say, you're right. I, I have received God's faithfulness and His goodness and His generosity and His provision. You understand this, I think. But you can be very blessed and not be filled with gratitude. You can have all of this stuff that God's pouring out into your life and not be at all thankful. So it's, it's kind of two parts. It's, it's me coming to realize that I've got a lot of good going on in my life, a lot of blessings, but I also realize that the source of these blessings is outside of myself. So it would be like me saying... I know that I have my basic needs. I got food, I got water, I got shelter, but I work hard for these things. Or, or it's the other attitude of saying, no, I realize that there's somebody greater that's making sure I have all of these things. Or I could say, yeah, I've got people that love me, but who wouldn't want to love me? I'm awesome, you know? Yes, no, I'm, I can be unlovable at times. And that, you want to say amen at this point. You can, it's okay. Or you might say, yeah, I know that, that, that Jesus has done a lot for me, but I'm a pretty good person. No, it's not like that. When I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. So it's not only recognizing that I have all of this good in my life, but all of this good is coming from a source that's outside of me. So let's just do something together. This will be fun, okay? Let's talk about your life for a few minutes. And, uh, and I'll just kind of run down your day. And we'll talk about the blessings in your life and in my life. Okay, so let's begin first thing. You ready? So you say, okay, Rick, first thing this morning I woke up. And I want to go, whoa, whoa, stop right there. What a blessing. You woke up. You're alive. 
You had this awesome gift of life with all of its potential and all of the potential that a day can bring. You are a living human being. What a gift to be alive. Okay, go ahead. And then you say, well, okay, so I got out of bed. Wait, wait, you sleeping in a bed these days? Because everybody in this world does not get to sleep in a bed. Do you realize that you're in the upper echelon just because you're sleeping on a mattress at night? Okay, go ahead. And you say, well, I walked into the bathroom. Did you say you walked into the bathroom? Because mobility and the ability to walk is a real gift. Everybody in this world does not have the ability to walk. Do you know how blessed you are to be gifted with that mobility? And then you say, well, then I took a shower and I go, wait, was that water hot? Because a hot shower is an awesome thing to be gifted every day of your life. And so we haven't even gotten to stuff like all of the food that you're going to eat today. And we haven't talked about all the people who love you. And we haven't talked about how much Jesus has done for you, bringing you into his family, forgiving you of your sin, making you part of God's chosen, uh, giving you his Holy Spirit to walk with you and to help you throughout your day. I mean, think about all of the blessings in your life. So here's what I want to do today. I want us to kind of hang out in that conversation, okay? I want us to spend some time thinking about the fact that we are very, very blessed people. And the source of our blessing is beyond ourselves. There's a God who loves us, who just keeps pouring His blessings out into our lives. And our lives are just overflowing with God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's provision and God's generosity. We're just very, very, very blessed people, aren't we? We are. So, let me take you to Luke chapter 17. I'll begin with verse 11. It's a story that only Luke tells. Now, before I actually begin to read the scripture, I want to show you a map because the map is going to help us understand the story much better. So, in, in the Gospels, most everything we read about happens right in this area, okay? You have three regions. You have Judea, you have Samaria, and up here you have Galilee. Now, what's interesting about Samaria is that 700 years before Jesus, there is a takeover by the Assyrians. They take many of the people out of Samaria into exile. Other people come in and take their places. The people who come in and take their places are of other religions and other races. And so Samaria becomes kind of a mixed race, mixed religion region, okay? The people in Judea and the people in Galilee struggle with the people in Samaria. They're not like us. They're not only a mixed race, but they're a mixed religion. They don't worship like we do. And what's worse, they seem to be okay with it. And so, we find ourselves in a story where Jesus is somewhere in this area. The border between Galilee and and Samaria. He's headed from Galilee down to Jerusalem and Judea. And so let me give you the passage and all of this will make sense. Now on his way to Jerusalem down south in Judea, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, that east to west border up there. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy, they met him. So I think you kind of have this picture, right? Jesus is walking into a village and there's ten men, and all of them 
are sick with this skin disease, and they meet Jesus. So they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And it wasn't like they all said it in unison, you know. Nobody said one, two, three. Ready? Here we go. It was just yelling, screaming, yelling, Jesus, have mercy. Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy. And so when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. Now, let me stop right here for a minute. You might say, why would he say, go show yourselves to the priest? Here's why. The priest was the only person who could deem them clean because they had been deemed unclean. So when you have this disease of leprosy, this skin disease, you basically are in isolation. You can't really circulate in the general public. You're kind of quarantined with other people with leprosy. So those words, isolation and quarantine, do you understand those words? We do, don't we? And so they had the skin disease because they could be contagious, because if you touch a person with leprosy, you're unclean, you can't go to the synagogue. Everywhere they go, they have to shout, unclean! unclean, leprosy, unclean. They have to live in isolation. And the only way that they can be considered clean is if the priest says, now you're clean again. And so as they went, they were cleansed. I wonder if I would have been one of the ten, if I would have said to Jesus, "Uh, Jesus, I have a question. Uh, Could you just go ahead and cleanse me and then I'll go to the priest? It seems to me that there is some act of obedience happening here. Go show yourself to the priest. They start walking before they're cleansed. But as they're walking, they become cleansed. It's a pretty cool story, isn't it? Okay, so one of them. How many got cleansed? Ten. One of them. When he saw he was healed, he came back. Praising God in a loud voice. And then he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanked him. He was a Samaritan. He was from that middle region. The mixed race. The mixed religion. Jesus asked a rhetorical question. Were not all ten cleansed? Then where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And we assume that Jesus is talking about more than just leprosy when he talks about getting well. And so, it seems to me, as I read the story, that in the heart of Jesus, he is trying to say something to us. And what he is trying to say to us is simply this, that it's really important that you and I realize how blessed we are and that the source of our blessing is outside of ourselves. All of this good stuff going on in my life, I am not the one who is responsible for it. Somebody is taking really good care of me. So the other day, I was uh, listening to a podcast. 
And there was a guy named Brent interviewing a friend of mine whose name is Brian Smelzenbaugh. So I met Brian Smelzenbaugh a few years ago on one of my first trips to Africa. And, and as the interview is coming to an end, the interviewer said to Brian, Brian, do you have a word of encouragement for us today before you go? And Brian said, well, actually, Brent, I do, but it's kind of more in the form of a challenge. Now, this is just this past week when I'm listening. And he says, the challenge that I want to give you today is to become very good at a particular practice. And the practice that I want you to get really good at is expressing your gratitude out loud. And so I'm preaching a sermon on gratitude in a, in a few days, and so I'm all ears, right? I want to hear what Brian has to say. And, and so Brian says, Brent, you've been asking me questions. Do you mind if we turn the table? Can I ask you questions? And Brent says, sure. And he says, okay, would you do me this favor and tell me three things that you are grateful for? And so Brent quickly said, well, I'm grateful for my relationship with God, and I'm grateful for my family, and then I'm grateful for, uh, I'm grateful for, um, I'm grateful for the fact that all of my, my, my basic needs are being met. And so Brian says, thanks, Brent. He says, you know, you said the first two things really fast. You said, I'm grateful for my relationship with God, and then I'm grateful for my family. And then I noticed you were kind of doing this mental gymnastics. Because my assumption is you have a lot of things in your life that you could put on that list. And you're just asking yourself, you know, what things should I put at the top of the list? And Brent says, you're right. I was doing a mental gymnastics because I do have a lot of things that I'm grateful for. And he said, the other thing I noticed, Brent, is that you smiled when you made your list. Because gratitude produces joy in your own heart. And he said, then, if you noticed, I smiled because that is kind of addictive. It inflicts joy in other people, too. And then Brian said, I live in a country called Eswatini. And the people live here for less than $2 a day. But they're some of the most grateful people I've ever met in my life. And he said, I've never experienced anything in my life that will diminish, rather, entitlement or that will diminish um, discontentment like expressing gratitude will. So, so let, me just, let me just open my heart to you, okay? I, gotta just, I just got to tell you that when, when you preach, you're always internalizing this stuff. And you're asking yourself, how am I doing in this whole conversation of gratitude? And so I begin to ask. My wife Annette is sitting over here, and I begin to ask myself, if you ask Annette, describe Rick. Would she choose the word grateful to describe me? My daughters, Britt and Morgan, are here today. If, if you just said, okay, girls, talk to us about your dad, okay? How would, how would you describe Rick to us? Would, would they say, oh, He's a very grateful person. He's, he, he's very quick. Let me tell you something about my dad. Would, would my girls say, my dad, I'm telling you, he would be the one who would go back and say thank you because 
He is a person who is filled with gratitude, and he's always expressing his gratitude. He's a grateful guy. And if there's anybody that's going to go back and say, i got to make sure I tell this guy thank you for everything he's done for me, it's going to be my dad. Or would my girls say, Wow, we got a lot of words that we would use to describe dad, but I don't know that grateful would be really one that would just kind of bubble to the top. And then I begin to ask myself, am I grateful? Am I truly grateful for all of this stuff in my life? And when I say stuff, I don't mean material. I just mean everything that's a blessing in my life. Or do I find myself wishing it was different or more or better. And although there's a blessing sitting in front of me, I can't really see it because I wish the blessing was different or better or more. And what about the people in my life? Do I see them as the blessing they really are? Or do I just spend my energy wishing the people in my life were different? Or better? Or more? It's like when somebody walks up to you and extends their arm and says, I bought you a cookie. And you say, is it chocolate chip? They bought you a cookie. Or if somebody says, I saved you a seat, and you say, why are we sitting here? They saved you a seat. So the guy comes running back, running, praising God in a loud voice, throws himself at Jesus' feet. And he says, hey man, look at my eyes. You got to hear me, okay? Thank you. <laughs> look at me. I've been healed. Thank you so much. What would it take to get you and me to do that? You know what I did... Uh, this week, I did something I haven't done for over a year. I went to a hospital to pray for a sick person. I am so grateful that we can go back into hospitals now. A lot of them we can. And I stood at the bedside of this man who has been very sick. And it's been honestly frightening. But then all of a sudden, he got better. And the doctors are kind of scratching their heads. And the family is kind of saying, what's going on here? This is too good to be true. Is this real? And I remember standing there at his bedside, and I'm with all of his family, and we're all saying, God, thank you so much. I mean, thank you for what you're doing for Phil. This is crazy good. Thank you. Would, would, would it take God's healing you? I mean, how low would you have to be for God to do something that you'd say, I just got to get loud and praise God and I just got to run back to the feet of Jesus and say, hey, what if God healed you? Let's go deeper. What if God healed your kid? Would you get loud? 
What if God forgave or somebody forgave you for this major debt that you owe? Would you be like, I, I got to say thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know how much lower you can get than this guy. He is a leper. He's got this awful skin disease and nobody can be around him. He's in quarantine. He's in isolation. It's probably quarantine for life, okay? And, and so life is just really bad. He can't hang out with his family. He can't go to a synagogue to worship. He's cut off even from his ability to relate to God in a worship way with other people. And he's also a Samaritan, right? He's despised by the Jews. He's disliked. He's not only mixed in many ways, but he's mixed religion. He, he just... Everybody else has given up on this guy, but Jesus has not given up on anybody. And Jesus has not given up on you. If you think everybody else has given up on me, let me tell you something. Jesus has not given up on you. And so the guy is healed. Oh. We, we, we can't leave. Um, can't get up and walk out of the room until we deal with verse is 17 and 18. You say, what, what do you mean we can't leave? I mean, we got lunch, you know. Uh, you don't typically let us out till noon, and I got a blood sugar thing. If I don't eat, I'll get all kind of messed up, and we got to go, you know. No, I'm telling you, we can't, we can't leave until we deal with verses 17 and 18. You got to deal with verse 17 and verse 18 before you can go. And that's where Jesus asked the rhetorical question. I thought there were ten. Where are the other nine? Only one came back to say thanks. And we get this glimpse inside the heart of God. And we begin to understand that here we are living with all of these blessings in our lives. And the source of all of these blessings is outside ourselves. Somebody is taking care of us. And why in the world don't we express our gratitude better? So I talked about Eswatini a moment ago, and I talked about Eswatini last week. I'm going to talk about it one more time, okay? Here's what happens. If you've never been to Eswatini with us, and maybe five, six hundred of you have been, um, something pretty cool happens in their culture. It's something really important to them. It's not something I've experienced in any other culture or any other travels that I've taken. But in this little country in southern Africa, here's what they do. It's a practice that really matters to them. I mean, it's going to happen no matter what, okay? If you are in a worship service with them and maybe, maybe I preach, or if we have an all-day conference with them, or if we're part of a work project with them, when you come to the end of the day and you're ready to leave, or if the worship service has taken like a couple hours and you're ready to go, you know, you're not going to go yet because they have a practice that they're going to do before you leave. And here's the practice. They either write it out on a piece of paper and a person who is gifted at this, stands and will read. And it may take 15 minutes to do. Or somebody will just extemporaneously rather just say it from their heart. But before you go, in their culture, it's really important, they're going to express gratitude. And so a person will stand up and they will say, we would like to express our gratitude to Dr. Rick Harvey, the pastor 
of Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. We want to express our gratitude to Dr. Harvey because when he came to Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, he made a decision to continue the partnership with it, and they will keep going. We want to express our gratitude for the travel that, that, that he, he went through to get here. 17 hours on a plane. We know that they'll talk a long time about all the struggle of just making the journey. We thank you for coming. We thank you for being our friend. They, 15 minutes later, the guy is still thanking me. But that's who they are. Here, here's the deal. I know they're grateful. But it's one thing to be grateful. It's another thing to express it. And that's where this story is living. It's one thing to feel gratitude in your heart to God. It's very much another thing to express it. When he saw he was healed, he said, I got to get back to that man. I, I got to go back and find him. I got to get on my knees in front of him and tell him, thank you so much. Look at what you have done for me. I mean, look at this. There's no way I cannot go back and say thank you. The, the truth is we all have reasons to express gratitude to God. What's going on in your life right now? Are you aware of the blessings? They're all around you. Our basis for this is found in the Old Testament. There are so many words that we use in the Old Testament that express gratitude and praise and thanks. I'm going to give you seven. You ready? Number one, Todah. It's like a Thanksgiving choir or a procession. It's when a group of people come together and say, we just want to come together and worship the Lord, and it might even be in unison in some way. Another word is Barak, not as an Obama. This is a different Barak. This is to kneel in Thanksgiving. It's when a person says, just to give praise to God is not enough. I think I need to go to my knees, and I think I need to bow my head, and I think I need to tell God, how much He means to me. And I think I need to give Him praise and thanks for everything He has done in my life. I've got to get on my knees and praise God. Another word is Tehillah, to sing a song of praise. We've been doing that this morning, right? Don't confuse that with tequila. That will make you sing a different kind of song, okay? Another word is Halah. It's where we get the word hallelujah. It's to brag or to rave, even maybe to appear foolish, to just... Do something that's out there to let people know I praise God. Anybody want to do something out there? There's an example right there. Tehillah, okay? Or rather, halal. Number five, yada, to worship with extended hands. This is not something somebody made up lately. This has happened always with the people of God. Zamar, to praise Him with musical instruments. We were doing that earlier this morning. Shabak, to give thanks in a loud voice. It's actually where we get the word to shout. Hallelujah. Here's the point. We're not all the same. I'm not like you. You're not like me. God made us all uniquely. And it's not that we have to all praise and give thanks the same, but it is important that we express our gratitude to God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one of these little moments with you where I don't want to be misunderstood. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. I'm just going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say to you, do you have any idea how important what we do at the beginning of our service is? 
I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, getting out of Sunday school in time, your community groups, and getting into the sanctuary. It's not because it's just better when we're all here when we start. It's because what we do in those first 20, 25 minutes is really, really important. It's one of those, it's one of those segments of time in your week where there is set aside an opportunity for you to gather with the body of Christ and say, God, there is no way in the world I can go any longer without saying thanks, without giving you praise. I really need to spend some concentrated effort this morning in just telling you how thankful I am for you, and I just got to give you praise, and I got to worship you. See, if you say to me, I don't really care for the music. I'm just interested in the sermon. I'm like, I don't understand. Or maybe it's you that doesn't understand. What we're actually doing in those moments. Is there another time in your week where you feel like, no, I've got it. I don't need to do it Sunday morning because I've got these other times in my week where I got it down, man. I mean, I take a lot of time to give God praise and thanks. I mean, I'm probably not. And so I don't know if I can emphasize to you how important it is not only that you participate and that you're here on time, but that you engage. And that you say, here's my opportunity to just tell God how grateful I am and to give Him praise. And some says, I want to lift my hands. And others says, I'm not a hand lifter. It's okay. We're not all the same. We all do it differently, but what's important is that we do it. Thank you for that strong amen. I love you for it. I don't want to not say thank you. (laughs) So I heard a pastor say this week that he was uh, at his church one Sunday a while back. And he said, we were were getting ready, you know, to start the service, and I'm out in the foyer, and somebody just kind of over my shoulder whispers in my ear, hey, I thought you'd want to know so-and-so is here today. Kind of an important person, he said, in our city. Kind of a famous person. Oh, here? Yeah. He's here. Today? Wow. And so he said, I didn't even make it into the sanctuary before somebody comes up, grabs my arm really strong and says, knew you'd want to know so-and-so is here today. Yeah, I heard. They're going right down there. And he said, before I could even get to my seat, somebody else comes up and says, Pastor, so-and-so is here. He's sitting right behind where you normally sit. I heard. And so he said, the service starts. And we start singing. And he said, man, we're singing this one song. Something just kind of happens inside of me. Something moves inside of me. And I'm getting ready just to lift my hands in the air. And before I can get them lifted, a little voice says to me, I wonder what so-and-so would think if you lifted your hands into the air. He said, so I didn't lift them. Having this battle in my mind. And he said, then I had this thought. Well... If so-and-so 
had any idea where I used to be, where God has brought me from, and what He has done for me. And if so-and-so had any idea how God just pours out His blessings in my life every day, and if so-and-so had any idea of how blessed of a man I am, he would not struggle at all for me to lift these hands into the air. And he said, I put my hands up and I begin to worship and I begin to praise my God. Yeah. So, anybody want to pray? <laughs> I do. Can I pray with you? Lord, here we are, as blessed as we can be, sometimes not even aware because we wish the blessing was bigger or something different or something more or maybe something else. And here we all are surrounded by people who love us but not even aware sometimes because we wish those people maybe were something different or something else or something more. And what an opportunity this morning just to say, wow, God, I am blessed. And I realize that all of these blessings I am not the source of. And why don't I demonstrate my gratitude more? Lord, in Jesus' name, would you hear me when I say thank you? And let me be like the guy that came running back. Saying, Jesus, hear me when I say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lord, we give you thanks. Hear our hearts in these moments, I pray. In Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's give you have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.